to you this morning. God bless you. Welcome into the house of the Lord. Let's turn the screen to an old hymn, number 584, Deeper, Deeper in the Love of Jesus. I love what Brother Branham says in the message that he should bring us to deeper depths and to higher heights. And I know that's all of our desire this morning. So let's sing this together. We're not going to delay the service. I know Brother Tim has much on his heart he'd like to share. And are you looking forward to hearing what the Lord's doing? You know, every time they say there's a mission report, you know, I'm like, it's, I don't feel like that's doing it justice. It's not just a missions report. I am so blessed every single time. And God gives these men of God such wisdom in bringing the word and tying it into a missions report. And I am moved every single time. I'm so thankful to be a part of it. Amen. So let's sing this together as we prepare our hearts for the ministering of the word. Oh, deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus and daily let me go high. I pray. 
Thank you. 
Amen. Let's just sing that song, Lord, I lift your name on high. Are we in G? Can we do that in G? Yeah. Amen. We're just going to prepare to go to prayer at this time. We do want to remember our sister Claire this morning for a continued touch, and she just specifically is asking for prayer for her heart as it has started to race every so often, and they don't know what's causing it, and she's in the hospital right now because of it. Just asking that God would go to her at this moment, at this very time. Amen. And touch our sister Clara and lift her up. Amen. I still believe. I know Sister Clara still believes. I'm looking for a miracle for Sister Clara. Amen. Let's just bind our hearts together as we just sing this song. Now, Lord, I lift your name as we continue to worship him. Lord, I lift your name. I lift your holy name. singing this morning worthy worthy the lamb that was slain and lord we would sing the verse i love him i praise him i'll serve him this morning lord the thought of my heart was lord i wouldn't want you to be able to pass by and not know that my love for you is so great 
Lord, I wouldn't want you to wonder at my love for you. I wouldn't want you to wonder, do am I worthy to you? I, I, Lord, and so my hands raised to you this morning as I'm sure, Lord, each one here this morning would say, Lord, if you pass by this little place at this moment, that, Lord, each one here, Lord, would lift our hearts to you and our adoration to you to say, Lord, there's no wonder that we love you. Do not wonder that we desire to serve you. Don't wonder that we praise you this morning. For, Lord, each one here is only here by the almighty grace of God. Lord, how far-reaching we could be in this world and in the depths and the darkness of sin and just debauchery. But, Lord, by your grace, by your love, your outstretched hand, each one is standing here this morning because of a worthy God that hung on Calvary because of great love for us, O Lord. So surely this morning, at a resurrection morning, we'll just say, Lord, we will serve you. We'll give you our all in all. For, Lord, out of your love you did for us. So for our love back to you, Lord, we give you the glory. Lord, may this not be a normal everyday weekend service, but may this be an abnormal supernatural moment in the presence of Almighty God. Lord, we're hearing this morning what you're doing around the world. Lord, you're not just a localized God. God here at Bible Way or Lower Mainland, but Lord, you are a worldwide, bride-reaching God. So Lord, may Brother Tim this morning, may Lord, it just infuse us with a passion for your word. Infuse us with a passion and zeal to deliver this gospel every way we can support it, Lord. Lord, that's what you raised this body for. You didn't raise us to just be a churchgoer, but you raised us to help deliver the gospel of this hour to the people, Lord. So Lord, I pray you descend this morning. Lord, as your sister Clara has written in in a prayer request, we will not be slack to raise it before you. Lord, if our voices and our hearts could lift up her need into your throne room, Lord, you could just hear, Lord, not our voice, but Lord, would you hear our faith this morning? Lord, that it would rise up as blind Bartimaeus cried out, Lord, and you heard his faith. Lord, not necessarily his vocal cords, but Lord, we pray with earnest that you would meet her need. Meet Sister Ramona's need, Lord. Meet Brother Milko's need, Brother EBA's need. Sister Bev, we're a needy people, but Lord, we know there's a God that can supply our every need. We heard on Wednesday, you're Jehovah Shammah. You're the God that is here today. You're Jehovah Jireh because you're here today. You're Jehovah Rapha because you're here today. So we thank you, Lord. May you be here and present. We invite you. You are invited, Lord. Lord, you're welcome in this place this morning. Oh, God, meet the needs of your people. We don't want to leave here the same. We come expecting your word. Come expecting you to meet us, Lord. Lord, that's why we're earnest. That's why we desire. That's why our passion is so strong. It's because we love you this morning. So would you meet us, Lord, in a special way? Take your servant. Wrap your arms around him, Lord, and use his vessel for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name, we commit this service now. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Amen. Just as we take up the morning offering, let's sing that song that we've just come to love. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. In the key of D, Brother Ben, if you would. And we're just going to invite our brother Tim to come as he feels prepared, and we'll give him all the time that he needs. Amen. But let's just sing the song together. 
What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast Again, no fate I dread. Oh, no fate I dread. 
as the songwriter wrote amazing grace will always be our song of praise Lord we'll gather around your throne and we'll sing of your grace we'll come from every kindred tongue and nation singing of your grace your grace has led us safely this far and it will lead us safely through father we thank you for this opportunity we have this morning to be gathered with the saints of like precious faith we just pray father for a continuance of your anointing we ask lord that you'll just take 
now the ministry of the word. And Lord, that you'll unveil yourself in a greater and a richer way to your people. That's our calling in this hour. Father, we believe that. You have unveiled yourself in these last days, as we heard on Wednesday night. You're in the midst of that great city. She is that great city, a bride prepared for her husband. And Lord, we just invite you, O oh God, open your word once again. Speak to every heart. If there be sick, let the word go forth and heal them, Lord. If there be needs, May you, Lord, turn the situation around. Let all needs be met, whatever they are in whatever way they are. Let our minds be in one mind and one accord, we pray, as we turn back the pages of your word and speak about things that you are doing in these last days. We commit this service now to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. You love the Lord? Amen. And the rest of you are visitors. We're glad to have you with us. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him this morning. And we're here to glorify his name. So let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to turn to the word first of all this morning. We want to speak, update you on what is happening in places that we know about and things that God is doing and the missions labors that we uh, initiate from the assembly here and that we're involved with with many others. I'm going to take a, I'll just say it this way, this service this morning is going to be a little bit different, so uh, fasten your seatbelts. We're going to plow through some things this morning before we go to the missions report and we're going to take a step back. A lot of times we minister on uh, to our individual lives, and that's important, and that's vital, and the Word helping us individually. But we're going to take a, just a step back a little bit and look at the overall redemptive purpose of God and, and some things as the Lord has laid them out and revealed them in these last days. So uh, to, the, to those of you that are uh, new, uh, some aspects of it may be hard to follow, but you just... Bear with us as we go through some things. Um, they might be a little bit deeper at times. Uh, deeper is not necessarily the word, just a little more uh, detailed. And so if I'm going too fast for you, don't worry. I've got a lot of slides for you. You can actually go back to the video and you'll be able to pause the video, read the slide, meditate on it, you know, that sort of thing. So you'll be able to follow right along. So uh, I trust you'll bear with me this morning. Amen. Matthew chapter 20 is where we'll turn to. And verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Now before I carry on here, he's not talking about a vineyard, he's talking about the kingdom of God. 
Is that right? He says the kingdom of God is like a vineyard. And so the Lord Jesus giving us a parable here. He says, again, he went out on the sixth hour and the ninth hour did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand ye here all day idle? And they say unto him, Because no man has hired us. And he saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. And when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire beginning from the last unto the first. All right. Now let me just explain here now. He's arrived at the twelfth hour. In the, in the eastern world, there's twelve hours of daylight and there's twelve hours of night. So that when he says at the eleventh hour, he said, that is to say there's only one hour of daylight that is left. And so once that hour is passed, then the, he begins to give out the wages. He says in verse 9, And when, he, when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house, saying, These that have wrought but one hour... Thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. It is, is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? All right, now pause here a moment again. What he's saying is, just because I'm giving more to the 11th hour worker, or I'm making them equal with you, even though maybe you have labored longer or harder, but their labor is equally important. All right, so he says, I'm giving them out of the goodness of my heart. Now, I just want to say, you are the ones he's talking about. He is just to reward us according to the goodness of his heart. Not necessarily, we might look back at other ages and say, oh, they done this and they done that. But what you're doing in this hour is important to him. All right. And then he says, so the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Now, before we sit down, let's turn back to chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel, the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. The Lord add his blessing to the word. You may have your seats.
Now, of course, Jesus speaking to them was the Lord of the harvest. And he's telling them, pray to me that I will send forth laborers into my harvest. Now, I've, I've worked on a farm, not as a, as a laborer per se, but I've, I've kind of helped out a little bit in the north when I was pastoring up there. And, and uh, I've, I've run a tractor and I've, I've done some harrowing and, and uh, I've done different aspects of farming. But the most urgent time on a farm is the harvest season. It's a time-constrained period because winter is quickly coming. And the elements will soon be upon the harvest that you won't be able to harvest. And so the harvest, while the, while the field is ripe, the farmer has to get on the field. Sometimes he's got to run his tractor, run his equipment 24 hours a day. He's got he's to work maybe 16 hours on that tractor himself. Maybe get his wife to run it for eight, tra- eight hours and, and just keep that running because the crop must come in. Because if you don't get it in before winter, you might not ever get it in. And if you have to wait till spring to harvest, and this is in the natural, but if you have to wait till spring to harvest, the, the value of the crop is diminished because it's sat on the field all winter long, although that, sometimes it's possible to recover it in the springtime. So the harvest time is time constrained. It's very laborious. It, it's a high pressure time. And it's a time where things must be done. And Jesus looking out over the harvest, he says, now pray, uh, which is to beseech, to implore. It's not just to say a prayer. It's, it's now to, to desire with great desire or to, to yearn to influence somebody. And so he's saying now, when you see the harvest is ripe, approach the Lord of the harvest very earnestly, very seriously. And desire him that he will send forth. And this is an interesting word because send forth is not just, oh, well, uh, you know, go into the marketplace maybe as we might think about the parable. Oh, just go. Oh, there's some people standing around. Oh, just, just go and work in the field. That's not actually the words that Jesus is using here in Matthew 9. He's actually saying to send forth is to force from urgent necessity to thrust out to force into a position. In other words, oftentimes when God calls someone to do something, it's not easy. They're pushed into it by the Holy Spirit. It's not, oh, well, you have nothing to do. Would you mind doing this? It's no, I've called you for a purpose. I've ordained you for this age. Hello? I've ordained you for Laodicea. I've ordained you for the harvest time. I've called you to this hour. There is nobody else. You're the one. And he deals with individuals. He's not dealing with us as a a people, oh, isn't it nice that we live in the harvest time? No, you're the laborer. You're the one that I've called to a specific position in this hour to take my commission in this hour. Now that I've revealed myself to you, there is something that I have called to you. Just like Moses at the burning bush. God did not come down to the burning bush for Moses just to tell him, Moses, I want you to know my mysteries. Moses, I want to show you things in heaven. 
Moses, I, I want to equip you to, for the supernatural. I want to empower you to do miracles. I want to show how great a God I am. No. God says, I've heard the cry of my people. I've come down to deliver them, and I've called you to this purpose. You are the one that is to fulfill what I promised to Abraham when I said I will deliver them out with a mighty hand. So God has a purpose in what he's doing and the reason that he's called us and the very reason that you're here and the very reason that you believe God, the very reason you're saved, the very reason you've been quickened by the Holy Spirit is because he has called you to be a part of his redemptive purpose right now. Amen. Amen. There is a, a design that God has, whatever part that might be, as I, as I uh, preached on the infinite God, you know, uh, every part is different, but to God, there's no big parts and little parts, there's just different parts. Because with infinite, there's no such thing as big and there's no such thing as little. All right, so God sends forth, if necessary, by force. God has not asked us if we might be interested in doing some work for him. Is that all right, Brother Ken? God is not asking you. He's telling you. I have called you to be a part of my redemptive purpose. I've called you in this hour. And he's made us for this purpose. And it is in this purpose alone that we find the satisfaction and the joy and the peace that he has promised. He says, my peace I give you not as the world giveth it. The peace that he gives is not in some kind of resort in Bali. Can I say that? Is that a, that's a place, right? Bali? Or is it Mali? It's Bali, right? Uh, you brothers have been there, right? So, No, they haven't. My peace that I give you is not as some kind of five-star hotel. My peace that I give you is not in some kind of luxury vehicle or some kind of beautiful house. That's the world. The peace that I give you is to bring you to the position that I've called you to. Because outside of the position that I've called you to, you're a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. You'll never be comfortable there. But what I've called you to is to fit exactly in position that I have ordained you for. So he has said, now pray, implore him that he will urgently press laborers into the field. So he has called us now to labor. I was counting amens there. I think it was about four. He has sent us to labor in the place that he called us to. You know, it's wonderful to dance. It's wonderful to shout. I'm amazed at my two-year-old daughter, you know. You play some music, and she just wants to dance. I don't know where she gets it from. It's not from me. It must be her mother, I guess. But, you know, she, she just wants to move around and, you know, the music just motivates her and everything. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. It's just something within her. And we love to come to the house of God. 
We love to dance in his presence. We love to let off the steam, so to speak. Let off the pressure. We love to sing. We love to worship. We love to lift up his name. There's been inspiring songs that have been sung and continue to be sung. And I love all the singers. And I'm not much of a singer. I love to make a joyful noise. But, you know, I, we just, we love to come and worship. As Brother Michael was even praying about that song that we were singing at the beginning of the service. You know, worthy, what was that song? Worthy is the Lamb. I love him. I love him. Who doesn't love as a believer to bow their head and raise their hands and say, I love him. Oh, I love him. We love that song. I love that song. His goodness is running after me. Amen. It's all my life you have been faithful. When we look back and and say, oh, Lord, it's been you all along the way. And we love to rejoice and we love to be happy about that. But pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send, no, worship, no, laborers into the field. Laborers, Brother Cobus, God sees that. Laborers, people that are willing to roll their sleeves up. People that are willing to be anointed even when it doesn't feel like it's anointed. People that are willing to do him a service when there's embarrassment involved, like the woman that washed his feet. People that are willing because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. And again, we love, there's nothing wrong with singing and shouting and dancing and worshiping and all of those things. There's nothing wrong with that. But he says, pray, implore him for laborers. Listen, I've labored with you in the word, and I trust that it's blessed your life. But you're going to hear Brother Tim's burden today. Let's go back to Matthew 20. Now, Matthew 20 and verse 1 is a direct answer to Matthew, the end of Matthew 19. So I'm going to go back there to chapter 19 and verse 27. And says, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration... When the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you shall also sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that has forsaken... Let me just stop for a minute here. Jesus has just talked to a bunch of fishermen. Tax collectors. Laborers. In Israel, not very highly thought of, not highly educated, a very young man by the name of John. And he says, actually, you will sit on 12 thrones and judge the 12 tribes of Israel. They come from a very lowly estate of life. And God says, I'm going to put you, when this is all over, in a very high estate. I'm going to put you on a throne 
and you will judge over the 12 tribes of Israel. The 24 elders around the throne were the patriarchs and the apostles. And those are the, the great positions that they had around the throne of God, the 24 elders. And, uh, and now he's, he goes on, but he says, and everyone, that's you. Everyone that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father. Or mother. Or wife or children. Or lands for my name's sake. Shall receive a hundredfold. And shall... Inherit everlasting life. Sometimes God calls you to a harder road. But you have to do it for Him. Brother Branham was told, because you've chosen the harder way. And it's my way. Because of that, a greater portion of heaven awaits you. And this is that which will bring to pass their victory in the love divine. I was talking to on Friday uh, to the young people at the school saying, you know, we need to make the right decisions and God empowers us to make the right decisions. And, uh, you know, Brother Branham made the right decision. And because of that, we have this message. There's a woman by the name of Ruth that made the right decision. And because of that, she became the great-grandmother of David. Because of that decision. Which was that where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Are you with me? She was willing to forsake her father, her mother, the country she came from, whatever it took. She, there was something about this great Jehovah of Israel that spoke to her and said, this is God. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I will forsake everything to be a part. I don't understand it all, but I want to be a part of what God is doing in this day. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Now, there's been a harvest through seven church ages, and at the end time, the 11th hour workers will be a work, group of workers that's called to finish the job. They will receive no less, but without them, the harvest will not be finished. It's necessary that they be in their position. In other words, the labor of every age is incomplete without the labor of this last age. You might look at the dark ages and see the great labor. You might see the lives that were given burned at the stake or, or fed to lions or whatever it might be. You might see the great labor of the Reformation and those kind of things. But without us, they cannot be made perfect. Without our labors, their labor cannot be made perfect or complete. Theirs was a part and ours is a part. And so now these, these 11th, uh, the scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 you know, Paul records that he says, these all having obtained a good report through faith receive not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, for they without us cannot, should not be made perfect. It's referring to the Old Testament saints without, who, without us, 
they, without the new covenant, they cannot be made perfect. But it also refers to God's redemptive purpose in that God's purpose is not whole without every portion of every age. And when we come down to the last age, there must be a fulfillment of God's redemptive purpose. Are you with me? All right, here we go. Thank you. You can begin that slideshow. Now, Brother Branham, this message, Brother Branham takes in some places and lays out uh, for us the great plan of God. We know that God has a threefold purpose. We'll go into all those things just to confuse the picture. I don't want to do that. But uh, I want you to know that there are times in Brother Branham's ministry that he becomes very specific in wanting us to understand the hour that we're living in, understand what God is doing, and understand what our expectations should be in this hour. One of those times is when Brother Branham preaches on the Feast of the Trumpets and recognizing your day and its message. If you want to study, as Brother Branham has placed places in these messages, the church in relation to Israel in the time that we are living in, in these two messages. That's Feast of the Trumpets, and then the following week is recognizing your day and its message. I'm going to go through a few statements that Brother Branham makes in these messages before I go into the missions report so we can see what our expectations are in the hour that we're living in. And this is a part now that I'm, I'm going to, you might say, plow through it so that we can uh, see these things together. Now in the Feast of the Trumpets, he says, now the hidden mysteries of God was fully revealed in the seven seals. That's a foundational thought for these last days. And if you don't understand uh, that, you'll really miss the purpose of the message. The, his, the mysteries of God was fully revealed in the seven seals. That's why Revelation 10, 7 says, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, all the mystery of God shall be revealed. Amen. So, so we see that now. Now he says, notice Revelation 10, 1 to 7, all the mysteries are to be revealed to the bride by the messenger of the Laodicean church. Again, fundamental truths for these last age. Now he says, now someone says, well, that's seven sales then, Brother Branham. That'll be revealed in the last days. Some great mystery how we get closer to God. No, sir, it can't be. Whosoever shall take one word, now this is all from Feast of the Trumpets so far, whosoever shall take one word from this Bible or add one word to it, his part will be taken from the book of life. What it is, it's talking about seven seals, is a revelation on what has been missed back there. To bring to, and then he changes, he says, it's already wrote here, he's talking about the Bible. It's already wrote here. It's in here. It's to reveal what's already been written. Because you can't add one thing to it or take one word from it. So the opening of the seals was to reveal what was hidden in the Bible but already written. All right. He says this, and anytime you see square brackets in a quote that I put up, it means I put that in there for context. This, he's referring to the Bible, is the complete revelation of Jesus Christ. 
This is the complete revelation of Jesus Christ. And the seven seals has the, had the mysteries hid of what it all was. And it's supposed to be open, and, it, and it's supposed to open it in the last day at the Laodicean age at the end of time. Thanks be to God that finishes the message to the church. You with me so far? All right. So he says, then he says, under the seventh trumpet is to Israel the same as the seventh seal was to the church. And that's, I've ministered on that lots, and I, I just wanted to drop that in there just to show you in context. And all of these quotes I'm giving you are in order. They're obviously not the complete message. That's why I say you go back and study these messages. But as Brother Branham's bringing in things, he's making statements and some key statements that will help you to understand what God's doing in these last days. He, I'm not explaining it here, but he says the seventh trumpet is to Israel the same as the seventh seal was to the church. And of course, the seventh trumpet is the calling of Israel to the Feast of Atonement, which is the revelation of the Messiah to them, what the atonement really was that they missed and what it means to them. Then that's what the seventh seal does to the church which is the mysteries of God revealed, is to show us really what the atonement at Calvary really means. It's not just God coming, hoping that a bunch of sinners will, be, will feel sorry for him, that he died for them, and will give their life to him, and then will live eternally. That's not what it's all about. He came to redeem his predestinated thoughts. Amen. He came to redeem his predestinated attributes and bring them into the position that they're called to be. In other words, reveal to them, the seventh seal reveals to them what Calvary was all about, that we always were sons and daughters of God. Amen. All right. I don't want to get to preaching on it. We'll never get to the mission part. It says, now as soon as this church, the bride, is drawn together, she's taken up in that mystery of the seventh seal, or the seventh seal, the mystery going. All right, so, so there's a revealing, and then there's a gathering, the bride drawed together, that will bring us into the mystery going under the seventh seal. You want to look at that a little bit further in Christ, the mystery of God revealed. He says that is what the seventh seal was, the coming of the Lord. All right? It's a mystery, but it's revealed in these last days. All right, so we switch to the next message, recognizing your day and its message. Now he refers back to Feast of the Trumpets here. Now we noticed last Sunday that there was a Feast of Pentecost, and between the Feast of Pentecost and the Feast of Trumpets, there was a long period of time, exactly 50 days between Pentecost and the Feast of Trumpets. 50 days, which Pentecost means 50, and it was the sheaf waving or the ingathering, the first fruits of the harvest was brought in. All right. So there's the first fruits, and then there's the end of the harvest. So there's a harvest time that's going on here. I don't want to go into the detail of it, but the point is that he's referring to now, there's a day of Pentecost, and then 50 days later is the Feast of the Trumpets. So it's 50 days. He's referring to a space of time here. And we see it was in type back there with the natural first fruits representing the first, representing now, or typing, the Old Testament Feast of these feasts are now typing, and Pentecost is now typing or representing the first fruits of the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon the people. And we find out that them 50 days was received by the Gentiles. 
which God called from the Gentiles a people for his name, the Feast of Pentecost. And we have been going through that long Feast of Pentecost. All right, that's where the church has been going through since Acts chapter 2. So how, how does that type out? Now actually, he says, from the 50 days, that would be exactly seven Sabbaths. All right, seven sevens is 49. If you start with a Sabbath, end with a Sabbath, you've got 50 days. All right, seven Sabbaths represents the seven church ages to be called in the time of the Feast of Pentecost, to call a people from the Gentiles for his name. Now, remember I said there'd be parts here that your mind might be swimming trying to piece this all together. Don't worry, the picture will develop for you. It'll all come together. So he's saying, now there's seven Sabbaths now to call a people from the Gentiles for his name. At the end of these seven Sabbaths, which has been, there was a day of atonement, which was the seven trumpets. And the seven trumpets was to call a day of mourning back to the sacrifice or the atonement. I talked about that, what it means. We find out then Israel, the seven trumpets pertained only to Israel. All right. So what do the seven Sabbaths represent? They represent the seven church ages. You with me so far? Then he says, the time of the Gentiles has been in this Pentecostal feast, the seven Sabbaths, the seven church ages. He says, the trumpets, all of them sounded under the sixth seal. We picked that up last Sunday under the feast of trumpets. If you all want to get it, what was it to do to rush Jews from all parts of the world back in their homeland? Why is God rushing the Jews back to their homeland even still? Because the end time is wrapping up. And God's going to turn to the Jews, but he will only deal with them in their homeland. He won't deal with them in Germany. He won't deal with them in the United States. He won't deal with them in Canada or other places. They might move to these places thinking we have freedom, but God will take the freedoms away. You wonder what's happening in the world? God will take the freedoms away in order to drive the Jews, the elect, back to the homeland for God to deal with them. Because the seven Sabbaths of the Pentecostal feast of God dealing with the Gentiles and calling a bride out is almost over. We're at, and hence the title of my service today, the end of the 11th hour. Now, the seventh angel's message, your message, is to open the mystery of the seals, calling the 11th hour workers to receive the same pay the first hour workers got. Hallelujah. What is the open of the seals going to do? It's going to call the 11th hour workers. Can you say amen to that? Amen. That's you. So when the word becomes open, you are officially declared by the word quickening you, you are declared to be an 11th hour worker. Sorry, you are those laborers that he is pressing into service. And by virtue of pressing, send them. Conscript them, if I can use that term. It's not something that God is saying, would you mind? That's getting quiet in here. God's not saying, if you have time. 
God's not saying, oh, you know, if it's convenient to you. That's not what God is saying. God is saying, I've revealed my word to you. You are now an 11th hour worker. Hallelujah. Now, we're not all called to be missionaries. We're not all called to be pastors. We're not all called to be deacons. We're not all called to be trustees. But we're all called. Many are called, but few are chosen. But you're the chosen. You're the one that he's brought in. You're the one that he's made real this message in these last days. And he's called you to be an 11th hour worker. And then he goes on in that message and he says, And remember the vision of last week when the bride came to be the preview of it. Now immediately he begins to refer to the preview of the bride because there's, he brings out several things. And again, I'm not preaching this morning, so I don't have time to go into it. But in the message, Recognizing Your Day and its message, he's, he's bringing out several important things. One of them is that there was a preview of the bride. Now remember when I spoke on the preview of the bride, how that the bride, the last day's bride, that'd be the last ones that come in, the ones that are marching along and they eventually march up into glory. That bride is clothed in the garment of her own nation. In other words, she received, she's clothed in the wedding garment of the Word. That's what Brother Branham says. Lord, grant that I could clothe the bride in the wedding garment of the Word. And so she's clothed in this wedding garment of the Word, but they don't all speak English. They receive the message in their language. And so there's a labor that's going on to clothe this bride, to bring her into fulfillment of the vision that Brother Branham saw of her. I believe that vision will not fail. And we're part of that vision. Amen. And then he goes on. He's talking about recognizing. He says, why did Russia wake up? Now he goes to Russia. Now we see Russia in the headlines these days. Why did Russia wake up? Why did the nations wake up? Why has men been able to achieve when scientists 300 years ago, he talks about scientific advancement, he says a French scientist rolled a ball at a certain speed across the earth and proved by scientific research 300 years ago. I think we've learned that science isn't absolute over the last couple years. And I'll leave all conspiracy theories there. But he says the science 300 years ago said if you rolled a ball at a terrific speed of 30 miles an hour, gravitation would take him off the earth according to his weight, according to the weight of the ball. Now he was going 17, now he's going 17,000 miles an hour and still trying to climb on. He just recognized that lately. Why? Has to be that way. At the same time, the bride has recognized the evening light. Just begin to recognize. The hungry Pentecostals have begun to recognize that them organizations hasn't got things that they was looking for. Okay, hang on a second here. This is what's taking place on the mission field. Denominational people are beginning to realize this denomination does not have what I'm looking for. He says there's awakening, there's a recognition. It's actually in the message, I don't have the quote here with me, but it's in this message, Recognize Your Day, and it's, and it's message that Brother Brown says, you know, they, there's certain Pentecostal people that won't 
publish anything lest it's fast pray, fast pray. There's going to be something coming in the future. And he says, uh, he says, what is it? He says, they, as believers, they recognize the pull of the hour, but they haven't recognized the awakening of the bride. See, they're looking for something future when it's right happening amongst them. And Brother Branham goes into a lot of detail on that, and I promised myself I wouldn't bring that this morning because I'd, I'd have to really go into detail on it. He says, but he's talking about the bride now recognizing. He says, they're so twisted and tore up. See, it's time of recognition. Recognition you've got to recognize. The world's recognized. The devil's recognized. Science has recognized. He says, the devil has recognized it's time that he can wreck women. Because in other ages, women were protected. But not in this age. Women's rights and all those things, they stand on their own. But the, the devil has recognized that, that it's time that he can wreck women. He can wreck the church. He can wreck the people. He's recognized it. But he says, and God has recognized that there is a people on earth that he predestinated to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He recognized this was the time to send his message and he did it. Can we say an amen to that? He has sent his message. That's what we're rejoicing about. That's what we're happy about. And that's what we're glorifying God about. Amen. So let me go all the way back to 1957 about this message. Brother Branham in Hebrews chapter 3 he says, I could start a revival here in some big building or something. You would never get many people to believe it. They just won't. They can't. Their day is done. This same lesson this morning in Africa would probably produce 10,000. At least 10,000 souls to Christ. Sometimes we, we sow complexes about this message amongst our brethren overseas. Because like Brother Branham, we see we could have a revival on the street corner. We could rent a big place. We could invite all of Vancouver. It won't have much impact. That's our complex in North America. There's not much happening as far as uh, a sweep or... or it's not about numbers, but we'll say numbers. We're thank, we thank God for every life that's transformed by the Word. Amen. Every soul is worth 10,000 worlds. It's not about numbers. But as Brother Branham said, what we would do here if we put the same labors overseas will produce 10,000 times as many converts. He actually goes on in this quote and says, I could spend a week here and might get one soul. But you'll get 10,000 in Africa. That's the power of this message. Don't end, underestimate the power of the message because of what we see around us. Their time is done. It's over in North America. There's complex. I appreciate these brothers that travel around North America and hold meetings in the churches and that sort of thing and have great gifts and great preachers and all of those kind of things and, and stir our hearts and that's wonderful. But I'll tell you what, this message... Not a man, 
not a gift. This message produces thousands upon thousands of souls in places of the world where it has not yet gone. And we're be, we see that, and that's what we want to talk about this morning so you can close that and open the next slideshow. Amen. Are you ready for this? Amen. I want to tell you what's happening. I want to tell you the great things that God is doing. And so, seeing what we just read, then we understand what our expectations should be. That's why Brother Branham brought it out in those messages. In, in uh, uh, recognizing your day in his message, Brother Branham says in a few places, he says, sometimes they don't understand the things that they're looking to happen is actually under the trumpets to Israel. You see, and so you have to be careful what you're looking for and how you're looking for it. So let's, let's uh, be zero in on what God's doing through this message. And this is uh, my opportunity to share with you. There's so many little things happening. And everything that you'll hear today uh, is recent. I'm just dealing with this year. And this year's not over yet. And uh, you'll see great things that are happening. There's more things that are happening behind the scenes that I won't even share yet what's taking place. But as you, as you look at these things, I want you to realize that is this message going out and the power of this message. And what we're doing is to put this message in the right channel to produce what God promised it will produce. It's not our labors that's producing it. It's this message that produces it. Listen, there's people working harder than you or I. Much harder even though we're called to be laborers, but we trust that our little labors will be blessed of the Lord. First, I want to talk about the message hub. Just to update you on, the, on this, I'll say now, almost indispensable. Nothing's indispensable. Only God's indispensable. But this tool that has almost in, come, become indispensable in this hour around the world and that is the Message Hub, which is the, the website, www.messagehub.info, where people can go to and download the messages for themselves to print in 87 different language categories. This year, so far, we've added the Karamajong language from Uganda, the Kurundi language from Burundi, the Setswana language from Botswana, and the Venda language, which is in South Africa. And those are just things that we have added this year. I want to speak of the unsung heroes of this message. Brother Darren Hoffman and his team labor almost tireless, tirelessly. I see him get tired sometimes. I say almost tirelessly behind the scenes and, and gives himself to the Lord to labor that somebody in some language somewhere can download a book and print it and read it and their lives can be changed by it. That is a phenomenal work. I won't mention there's several others in this assembly that are on his team. I don't even want to mention their names, Brother Darren, just because I don't want anybody bothering them. I want them just to be focused on the work that they're doing, which is indispensable and very valuable. And so we thank God for each and every one of you that are assisting Brother Darren 
in that labor. Now, I will say before I go further, you'll see some numbers, dollar numbers today, and I'm just sharing a burden. This is not a pull for money. Every year at the beginning of the year, I talk to the trustees, or I give the trustees a report of what I project may be where the missions fund will go in the coming year. Last year, I projected that by September, we will have drained the missions account. And I want to say I've been successful. So the object of the missions fund is to get it on the missions field, isn't it? Amen. It's not to have it in our bank account. But, you know, there's missions donations that come in every month, and we thank God for that. But the purpose, we had an objective. We had certain things that seemed to be outlined that God wanted us to do, and, and we carried them out. And you'll see some of them today, and we thank God for, for being able to drain the missions account. Amen. So we have on the message of 87 different language categories. There are 15,297 print translations available. This was as of, I think, day before yesterday. That number has gone up since then. But uh, these are available anywhere around the world to be downloaded and printed. Uh, this is 50% more than any other website. All right, I want you to understand that. The Message Hub has 50% more translation than any other website. doesn't matter where it is. And so we praise God for that. It's evidence of a fruitful labor. All right? And not just ours, but translators all over the world. Because so far this year, we have uploaded 1,071 translations in uh, 41 different languages into the Message Hub. So the translation work is ongoing and continuous and, and we upload as, sometimes as many as 50 translations, not we, but people upload as many as 50 translations in a week, and, and they're available for printing. Let, let, me, um, let me highlight something here, uh, just to, it's okay, I'm going to take my time? Yeah. Now, uh, uh, let me highlight the Setswana language that we just added here. Setswana is the Botswana language, and I understand in the country of Botswana, until recently there used to be more cattle than there was people. And uh, so Botswana is not a big country as far as population goes, but there's believers in Botswana. And, and I don't actually know any believers in Botswana. But Sister Ntusi here is from Botswana. And so she had a burden for her people. Not unlike Brother Ellie, who is here but is traveling right now, had a burden for his people. And so she desired to, uh, to work together with the Message Hub and, and put some messages up there for translation. And, just, and this is just in the last couple of months that this language has come on to the Message Hub. But this is how I want, I want you to view it now. She has helped to translate and proofread, and now there are several messages on there, and now, we, now they have just finished. They have just finished, and it's just going to be published, the message Satan's Edens. And this is what I want you to show how the message hub works. It is just going to be published. We will then take that message, and we will print it in the, in the office in Angola which borders Botswana, and they will take 500 messages of that message and another message, 
and ship them into Botswana for the believers there, and they will have these messages in their hands in the very near future. This is not a two-year process. This is not a five-year program. This is the message is finished. We send it to be printed. We ship it out. It reaches the people, and they feed on the Word of God. This is a late hour. It isn't an hour to wait around, and, and we could talk a lot about the history of the message hub and Brother Biskel's vision about it. You know, Bible believers is not just what you see here in Cloverdale. It's a cooperative effort of, of people around the world, but Bible believers is the vision of Cloverdale Bible Way for missions under Brother Biskel. That's what Bible believers is. It's supported by concerned believers and involves teams in many languages all around the world. And so while we, we support the Message Hub website, we, we program it from here, we do all the changes from here, we, we support the translators, as it were, with technology from here, yet in the midst of that, I want you to know this is a worldwide effort. Amen. Amen. And thank God for every translator. The translators are truly the unsung heroes. So thank you, Sister Tusi, for getting involved. God bless the people in Botswana. Amen, that are going to be receiving these messages. We have almost 4,000 audio translations. That's one area, actually, that we need to pull our socks up. I feel like we should have more audio translation. I don't know who I'm going to commission to do this either. I could just anoint him right now. Murphy, I won't mention your name. But, you know, just feel like we could call him up and lay hands on him and Send them out to gather these audio translations. and There's a great work that needs to be done in audio translation for various reasons. All right. So far this year on the message of there's been 107,268 downloads of messages from the message of. That doesn't mean there's been 107,000 printed. I'll give you an example. In Uganda, we download one title and print 5,000 books. In Angola, we download one title and print 4,000 books. All right? So that number of downloads doesn't represent the number of books. It's just the number that have been accessed. Even this last week, there was 2,600 and some downloads in 39 different languages just this last week from the Message Hub. I say glory to God. Brother Biscoe's original vision has grown, I don't know if you can say greater than the vision, but it certainly has flourished, and we thank God for that. Let me go a little bit further here. We are currently sponsoring translation in 10 languages. We'd love to do more, but as I already said, we drain the missions account. So we, we're currently involved the first uh, three languages there, uh, Kermajong, uh, Ateso, Luganda is in Uganda, Amara is in South America, Tagalog is in the Philippines, Yoruba is in Nigeria, Kurundi is in Burundi, Amharic, Afanaromo is in Ethiopia, and Chichewa is in Malawi. So these are languages that we are currently helping the translator with some funds so that they can spend more time focused on their translations uh, individually in their countries. We help them often with, if we have a team of translators, we'll help them get some laptops 
and so that they'll be able to upload and put into the message hub. There, there are other languages that are waiting to be sponsored. We're working with, we're working towards, perhaps Lord willing, uh, adding several languages here in the near future. We're doing what we can. And, and all, I, all I say about missions is that we just use the money the Lord gives us. That's all. It's, you know, this has nothing to do with tithes. This has nothing to do with offerings. You'll hear about that on Wednesday night and, and how, what they do with offerings and, and the local offerings and all that kind of thing. It's not tithes that goes into missions. It's, it's just the missions fund that come in locally and around the world. And I'll say the missions offerings that come in from outside the church is much greater than what comes in from inside the church. And that's not to belittle anything here. Every two mites that you put in the offering is important to God. It all works together to accomplish the objective. So pray for us. Pray the Lord of the harvest. That he'll send laborers in whatever position they're in into the harvest. So we have a, the mobile apps. We always update you. The mobile apps is in Android or iOS that uh, is, enables you to have it on your phone, your tablet, so that you can have uh, not only what you have in English that we've had for so many years, but there are actually 39 languages now available on the mobile app. That means a, a Swahili brother can have an app to study the message just like you do. And it links to the Bible, the Swahili Bible. And they're able to, to operate this in their language. The Chinese brothers are able to have it in their language. Their language was the original inspiration of Brother Biscoe, as he called it back then, the Bible app. Well, we just expanded on that, call it Message Hub Mobile, and now expanded it out to 39 languages, and that number is still growing. 20 languages are in the iOS because that Apple language is a funny language, a funny programming uh, scenario, and it's harder to do. So we can get more into Android, but Android is more the commonly used devices around the world rather than iOS anyway, because they're cheaper and people that have iOS devices are rich and can donate to missions. <laughs> and this year we've added so far one new language, that's the Urdu language, which is the language of Pakistan. It's also spoken in India. But it's, it's a language that's very much used in Pakistan. It's their national language. And so the message now is not only in that language, but the, it's in the, the mobile uh, devices, the mobile apps. Brother, uh, Brother Erickson, where Brother Tom is today, is, is sponsoring this work. Brother Wayne Lawson is working with the, brother over, the brothers over there in Pakistan to upload to the message hub in the Urdu language. And I say, God bless them. Brother Wayne tells me this message hub is the greatest thing for the bride of Jesus Christ. And it's true. You know, after the message, obviously, you got to have the message. But, you know, the message hub puts it into the people's hands. And they're just thrilled in Pakistan. By the way, remember the saints in Pakistan, the flooding there is horrendous. And if you've heard about it in the news, just remember them in prayer. They're doing what they can. All right. Message Hub Easy Translate is the artificial intelligent tool for translate, translators run by Brother Kobus. Brother Kobus is uh, more highly intelligent than I am. That's all I can say. And he, he puts this together and runs this with his team. He has a team of people that work with him, and God bless the team, that, that uh, gives the translators a recommended sentence 
by sentence translation of the message so that they can proofread it and change it and do all those kind of things and then it automatically saves that and, and doesn't, I don't even understand how all it works, but so far this year of the messages that have been uploaded, about 250 of them roughly have been uploaded through this, what we call Message Hub Easy Translate. This is a tool for translators. You won't see this. Again, unsung heroes. This goes on behind the scenes. I see Brother Kobus's work, and I, I see his labors, and those that work with him, and I'll tell you what, I appreciate it very much. They're not looking for a claim, so this is, Brother Kobus, you're one day, you're going to get mentioned. And uh, we thank God for you, and Brother Darren, and the different ones, you know, it's, it's an important aspect of clothing the bride of Jesus Christ. Brother Kobus had a burden to help the translator do a quicker job and a better job. That's a good burden. I wouldn't have thought of it. You wouldn't have thought of it. But God put it on His heart. That's how our individual God works in His laborers. And so one might have a labor to do something in a certain way. And I'll be quite honest, it took me a little bit of time to wrap my head around what it is that He was trying to do. And now that I see the fruit of it, I say praise be to God. God has to equip someone with a certain set of skills that, you know, you might look at Brother Tim. I was at the men's meetings a while ago, and, and uh, Brother Barry said, Brother Tim has a unique gift. I thought, how does he mean that? <laughs> you know, unique can mean a lot of things. It can mean quirky. It can mean strange. It can mean not easy to understand, unique, different. But I just thought, well, you know, I'll just take it as a, a compliment. And, and, I, and I'm sure he meant it as a compliment, don't get me wrong. But in the midst of it all, each one of us have a unique gift. You have a unique gift. Mothers have a unique gift. Only got a couple amens on that one. Let me try that one again. I know it's not Mother's Day. Mothers have a unique gift. You all have a mother. And there's nobody like your mother. You know, she has a unique quality, Brother Bram says, to hold the family together and all of those things. So we praise God for each and every one that God has put you into the body of Christ. So if I mention one and not another, I don't want you to think it's because I don't appreciate one or because I appreciate another one more. That's not it. Everyone is unique. And we thank God for all of you. On the message hub, I was going to put numbers here and I took them off. Translation, I always tell people, our numbers, for, our dollars for translators is unlimited. Because my God is unlimited. I just believe as much translation as God wants us to do, He will provide. Can you, can you say amen to that? He's got people in every kindred tongue and nation He's reaching with this message. Believe with me. You might not have a dollar, but you pray, God, send somebody else to put a dollar in the offering. Pray the Lord of the harvest. And we, we send out help for printing. We, we are printing in several areas that you'll hear about, some you won't hear about. And we just help brothers to put the message in their language, in book form, to give to their people, because we think that's important. And then, of course, the regular website has development and maintenance needs 
that are, that are ongoing, and I'm not going to touch on that one today. Let's go to a, now where this all hits the road, where the rubber meets the road. And first of all, we'll go into the country of Ethiopia. Are you ready? Last year, we printed a thousand church age books in Ethiopia. There's only a couple hundred believers in Ethiopia. It's growing. I'll talk about some baptisms that took place here. But I thought a thousand books will go a long way because we don't generally give out books, uh, at least the bigger books like church age books, as witnessing tools. But Ethiopia is different. God has taken this book and had a huge impact in the nation already. I'm going to share some testimonies with you. For whatever reason, now, yeah, of course, we understand that Ethiopia is a religious country. They trace their roots back to Solomon and the Queen of Sheba and, or to the eunuch in the, in the book of Acts. And so these are all things that, uh, that are very real to them. So when, when they think about God, they think of it in terms of the Bible, and they think of it in terms of prophets, and they think of it in terms of, of total dedication. That's, that's just their national mentality. There, are, there is much evil in the country as there is anywhere. But nevertheless, they are a very spiritual-minded people. Recently, the brothers took a trip out into the countryside. After I left there, I was there in May, I think it was. And uh, maybe it was a little bit earlier than that. But nevertheless, they, they headed out into the countryside to, um, to minister to the people and to reach out to people that had not yet been reached through the message. Because of the convention that we had there in the beginning of the year, there were many people baptized, and many of those people were from different areas of the country, and they went home. And they went home with message books, they went home with church age books, and this now began to be a witness to the people in their local areas. What is this that you have believed? Well, here, read this book. And it's not like you give a person a book and they throw it away. You give a person a book, and then they give that to the next person. And they give that to the next person. And they give that to the next person. And, and they be, all begin to read uh, the books there. This is in the Amharic language. And so there was a thousand that were printed. And they're, they're mostly, they're soon going to be out of print. And we're actually going to need to print probably 5,000 more in very short order. And we're currently working on the book in the Afanaromo language, which actually has more population that reads that language, even though it's not the national language. And we already have the church age book in the Tigrinya language. So we have three languages where we need to put the church age book. And these are things that are going out into the country. Now, there is a podcast. Now, gonna, who's running the slideshow up there? I don't see it. Brother, Brother Joe. Now, can you pull up our website and put it on the screen? Just put the, the slideshow aside and put up our church website. It's bibleway.org. He knew that. Now on the website we have missions related things, but I just want to point something out here while we're there. I'll wait for you. There we are. He's going to slide it in front of the slideshow. Perfect. All right, this is what you'll see when you go to the slideshow. 
It's a, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then uh, first comes up is our church-related things, but scroll down a little bit. Okay, right there, whoa, back up just a hair, a little bit more, where it says, latest from Bible believers. These are all missions things, in case you've never looked at them. On the website right now, the main article on the mission section is a current podcast, and it says, A Fruitful Outreach in Ethiopia, Part 2, with Brother Mogus in Gita. The testimonies that I'm going to tell you, you really need to go to the podcast and, and listen, it's not, it's not video, it's just audio, and listen to it in detail of what's happening in the country of Ethiopia. You will be amazed. God is doing some tremendous and supernatural things in that country. All right, back to the slideshow. Now, during this outreach, they came across, they have this, this group of believers in a town, I can't remember exactly, I think it's in the Shona area, not important, it's in the south central area of Ethiopia, and this group of believers that have come in through the convention, through the word that was ministered, and through reading the message books, got a hold of the church age book. This family here, the patriarch of this family is one of the top leaders in the United Pentecostal Church in Ethiopia. All right? And so he got a hold of the book. He wanted to find out, what are you reading and why have you left the church? And so he got a hold of the church age book. He read the church age book. By the time the brothers got there to visit, they said he wanted to meet the brothers that were preaching this message, and this is what he told them. He said to them, this book is nothing but the truth. He says, I can't accept it because of my position. Talk about the rich young ruler. He says, I can't accept it because of my position. It would cost me my position. It would cost me everything that I've worked for. He says, but if you handle it right, this truth will sweep the nation. Now, whether that's a prophecy or not, listen, even Caiaphas could prophesy the truth. But, but regardless of what God does with it, but here's a man in a very senior position, unlike people in denominations over here, but in that country, he's willing to admit this is nothing but the truth. And he found his family members here being baptized in true Christian baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, it, so they have embraced the message. They've left the church. The church has tried to get them back. They say, well, we're not going back. Listen, we found the truth, and we're going to walk in this light that God has given. Amen? This is a young brother here uh, that's recently come into the message of the hour. He went with them on the trip into a town called Hosanna. He's from the town of Hosanna. He was a young man that was actually written off by his family. His mother sent him to another town to live with her, live with his aunt because he was living such a bad life, she didn't want to see him die. That's the kind of life he was living. They had written him off. There was no hope for this young man. He ended up in prison. After prison, he ended up in Addis Ababa. In Addis Ababa, he come in contact with the believers. And the believers led him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, of course, he gave his life and surrendered to God. And his life became completely transformed. 
So when they went to this town of Hosanna, great name, this town of Hosanna, as they went to this town to minister and he was amongst them, it gathered all the people in the town because as they looked at this boy, they knew they had seen a miracle. This message had changed his life and he was a totally different man that they had written off and thought he had died. Matter of fact, when he went to Addis Ababa, they already thought he was dead. And here he comes now in the stature and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ and they're all rejoicing. They're all rejoicing. There was 20 people baptized in that area. Why? Because they're recognizing God is real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And totally transformed his life and totally sent a witness. It's like Lazarus being raised from the dead. They could say no evil against it because the man on whom the miracle was done was standing right in their midst. Amen. That's our God. That's what missions is all about. That's why we do the message hub. That's why we labor. That's why we send funds. That's why we support them. Because this is what God is doing over there. Amen. This is another area here. No, I'm sorry. This is his family, I think, here. That, that's got, there's his mommy there. You know, just totally, they're all thrilled. You can see a one has come back from the dead. And so God has done a mighty work there. And there's other people heading out to be baptized. And we thank God for that. You know, it's not easy over there. <laughs> uh, Brother Mogus, you'll probably watch this presentation. I've I'm putting your picture on the screen. That's Brother Mogus at the front. On the left side is Brother Gurmay. At the back is Brother, uh, Gur, uh, Brother Ephraim. And I don't know the other brother's name. I'm sorry. And so these, these brothers now are traveling on the road. There, there's lunch for you. It's not a Tim Hortons or a McDonald's. It's not uh, Boston Pizza or I don't know what else, where else people eat. I don't eat in very many places very much. But uh, it's not pho, it's not Vietnamese, it's not Chinese, it's not, it's not uh, Indian, it's not butter chicken, <laughs> it, you know, all of these things. It's just a cob of corn. That's all it is. But praise God, that'll sustain them. I say God bless, God sends laborers into the field. The roads aren't always easy. Sometimes the countryside, when you go back into those areas, it's a, it's a rough and rugged road for sure. And you end up going down pathways that, that lead to strange places. They went down this one road. I don't know if this is it, but they went down this one road. And this is the last testimony from Ethiopia. They, uh, they came across a, a fairly new vehicle, which was surprising to find on the back road. And on, they come up to the vehicle, and there was a, a man in front of the uh, cameras being filmed. And they found out this was a, a television evangelist that was out there, a highly, highly reputable television evangelist in Ethiopia. And he was, you know, saying his things, whatever he was on the camera to, to go to his people over the television. And so they just kind of stood there and watched from a distance a little bit. And finally, after he was done in front of the camera, they went up to him and said, We'd like to give you something. And they gave him some message books. And he looked at the message books and he said, William Branham, I know this man. He says, he was a mighty revivalist. That was his terms. 
Brother Moga's response was, he was more than a revivalist. And he says, here you read these books, our contacts on the inside, if you want to talk about these things. But I, I said to Brother Mogus, I says, you see, God allowed you in the middle of nowhere to run into somebody to bear witness of the mighty ministry that God had raised up in this day. God knows what he's doing. You know, this message was not done in a corner. This message went around the world and produced great results. Amen. We've got to move on. Oh, needs. We're going to be printing church-age books for that country. So remember the need there. It's going to, I just throw a number in there, $20,000, $2 a book roughly. And so uh, we're going to need church-age books in several languages there. Uh, we do support them annually with renting of the church and some help for the pastor. And so just remember that in your prayers. Now, Angola. I want to talk about Angola. We're largely spending today in Africa. Um, so in Angola, we have a, a print operation that started out very humbly by the believers in Arkansas. And they asked us to get involved because they felt like it just wasn't bearing fruit the way that it should. And so Brother Jason Jackson's church has a set amount that they sponsor every month for this work. And so we, we bought a printer that is a high-speed uh, printer to be able to put out a lot of books. And, that, and then we opened an office there to be able to print and gather volunteers to, to uh, put the books together and send these out into the local area. In the country of Angola, they, they uh, read Portuguese. And uh, so... That's what we print in there in Portuguese. So on the right there is Brother Nono, the office manager there. And there in the office, they get a lot of volunteers to be able to collate the books. We don't have an automatic collator. We have human collators. And they gather the pages, put them into book form, and they staple them together and put the covers on them, fold them, trim them, put that all together. We have volunteers of different ages. doesn't matter what age. We're not selective. And uh, young or old, and, and so they sit down and print the books and do the work that they're doing and, and work together and, and are supplying. They print uh, thousands of books every month, individual books, because this concept has worked very well for us because it allows them to do something. It allows them to labor. What they have is labor. They might not have money. They might not have supplies. They might not be able to buy the equipment, but they have laborers. And so they can put that together, and, and they're laborers that are working in the field. And many of the churches that want books send volunteers to be able to put the books together so they can get books. And that's a, a pattern, a, a model that has worked very well for us. Uh, so you'll see here very much people just having a good time. These are all pictures just from the month of August, by the way. These are all just recent pictures, and so... Uh, here they are picking up books. Oh, sorry, this brother's bringing in paper, and he's bringing in supplies, and there are different groups that are putting these things together, and then they're able to take books home with them and be able to take books back to their church. And we sent to different parts of the country. This is coming off the printer, so they're just stacking the pages, getting ready for collating, different ones working Numbers of people working in the library. Again, this is all from the month of August. Busy office, and there you see a lot of stacks of paper waiting to be put together. 
And that's all been put together. And so God bless him for all that. This is Brother Nono on the right then again, a pastor coming to pick up books for his church. Some of the books might be going into remote areas. And we thank God for each and every one that has labored in the library there. I wanted to share that here. This is from inception, the printing that's gone on in the office there. Our goal has been to print about 8,000 books a month. Uh, again, it's based on the funds that we receive. Uh, the, so far to date, we have produced 130,000 books and 45,000 tracks, or 176,000, we'll call them books, in total since the beginning of last year, the beginning of 2021. 176,000 books. I say praise be to God. Amen. I think that's a tremendous number. That's all by volunteer labor and a simple high-speed printer to put these books into the hands of the people there speaking Portuguese. You can see in the last month, there was no printing because we ran into some difficulties, but there were still 4,000 distributed that of the remainders that we had left over from the previous months. You can see it goes up and down. But the thing that I wanted to emphasize is there's no inventory. After a given month, they're not stacking books up in, in storage rooms. No, they're shipping everything out because that's really what it's all about, getting the message into the hands of the people. We don't have, that's the glorious thing about the message of Brother Darren is they don't have to print 20,000 books today to last them for five years. They can print as many as they need right now and two years from now they can print the same title again. It's just the way we're able to operate. So, so we thank God for all of the labors of everybody putting that all together. So we've got some funds monthly. Uh, we like to be able to print 8,000 books a month. If we had another 1000 to $1,500 a month to go there, we try to do that out of our general missions funds and help them to bring that number up to 8000 Sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't. So you just pray for the saints in Angola. It's there that we're actually printing the Setswana books to send over to Botswana. And uh, so the, the work there is expanding, and we trust that God will bless the bride over in that country. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Is this all right so far? Amen. All right. You want to hear about Uganda? Amen. Amen. There's a little bit happening in Uganda. And uh, there's a lot happening in Uganda. Uh, I, get, I get sets of pictures every week, several sets of pictures every week of what's happening in Uganda. All right, I want you to just digest that for a moment. These people are not standing still. What God is doing, you'll hear a podcast the next podcast will be with Brother Fred Chienji, uh, the next one that comes out. And we're working on that one right now. And uh, so you'll, you'll hear some of the most outstanding recent things that have happened there. But in that podcast, he estimates, and who am I to argue, 70,000 converts since this awakening has begun. 70,000. I just want to get on my face and praise God. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Everyone worth 10,000 worlds. How many worlds is 70,000, Brother Michael? I don't know. 
7,700 million, something like that. Anyway, what a great work God is doing over there. This is the, a meeting I had last time I was there, not last time, I'm sorry, with the translation team, but a lot of work goes into translation. We're, we're translating into a lot of languages there. We're printing books there. Brother Basabosi, who runs the translation team, also runs the print office for us, and so we're very involved with him and appreciate all of his labors. He's a great laborer. He's a great worker. God gave us a man with a lot of energy, and I'll tell you what, we need it over there. And he's just continuing, continuously laboring. That's his brother-in-law Shem there that works with him. And so they're, they're laboring there in the office, printing books, getting them out into the message field. Um, right now they're printing 10,000, more than 10,000 individual messages every month in the office there. 5,000 are in Luganda for the, the bulk of the awakenings happening in the Luganda area. 2,000 are in the Atesa language, 2,500 in the Karamajong language, 600 in the Kenya Rwanda language. That might seem strange. Kenya Rwanda is actually the, the language of Rwanda. And uh, we actually separately support a low level of printing in Rwanda that's done uh, with a brother Caleb there. And uh, he prints and distributes on a very small print station in the country of Rwanda because to print in Uganda and ship to Rwanda is deemed to be too difficult because of customs and, and, and border crossings and all that kind of thing. But what we do in Uganda is we print 600 Kenya Rwanda because in the border region with Rwanda, there's actually a lot of people that speak Kenya Rwanda. And so that's the glorious thing about the message hub we don't have to print 5,000 books. We can print 500, or in this case, 600. And we're also printing 200 Amharic books for the country of Ethiopia, who's not yet able to do their own printing because the individual messages were able to just take them. Sometimes Brother Bus goes into the country. Sometimes someone else goes into the country, and they just take them with them across the border and uh, take that into the country of Ethiopia there. So that's what's happening in the print station there in Ethiopia. This year, we imported, just received, as you'll see, 20,000 Luganda Bibles, 10,000 Luganda Church Age books, and 10,000 Luganda Hebrew series books. Now, be careful, because Brother Brown said, in the Hebrew series, these messages will produce 10,000 converts in Africa. I say, Amen. A prophet said that. And this is the first time they'll have the Hebrew series in their language. So let's see the explosion take place. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. I hope your pocketbook is looking forward to it. This shipment into Uganda this year, I'm just straight up with you, this is a $130,000 shipment from the country of China, and that's cheaper than if we printed it in the country itself. We talked about it at the end of last year, we talked about the needs and people stepped forward with funds to support this printing. The printing was done, the shipment has been made, and it has arrived in the country of Uganda. Amen. Hallelujah. So these brothers are looking in the back of the truck saying, this is a lot of books. Amen. Just, this is a container come all the way over from China. And I look at the space in that container and I go, we should have filled it up more. 
So here they are unloading the books down into a storage area there um, so that they can store, but they didn't stay in there. Immediately, they're taken out of there and put into vehicles to go to different parts of the country. This is the shipment that is going to Brother Stephen. This is a shipment that's going to Brother Fred. This is another shipment that's going in another direction. And these, these books don't sit in boxes sitting in storage rooms. These are immediately distributed out. Matter of fact, if I released them all, they would all be gone within weeks. I just hold back a little bit just to say, let, let's spread it out over a few months so that we can make sure it gets spread out far and wide. And so that's, that's our desire there in the country. And here they are, the books reaching the people on the ground in the country of Uganda. Praise be to God. Amen. 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 These are people that never had Bibles. Now they're getting Bibles, church age books, Hebrews books, and individual messages that are being printed right there in the country of Uganda and being collated by volunteers there amongst the people there. So we thank God for that. So in the country of Uganda, let me just go through here. Endless meetings. Meetings almost every day. Meetings here and meetings there. Traveling. Meetings and more meetings and more preaching and more meetings. And they're gathering under different types of meetings. Different groups that are gathering in different areas. Listening to the message of the hour. Rejoicing in the light that they're hearing. Many of them for the first time. When I was there, Brother Michael was there this year, this past year, and uh, we went and preached in areas, the congregation might be half new believers and half people that have never heard the message before. And they're, they're sitting there, wouldn't it be wonderful if half this congregation had never heard the message before? I'm not talking about if you never heard it, but wouldn't it be wonderful to pack this place out with another 200 people that have never heard the message? I don't know about you. I'd want to preach to those people. I'm sure Brother Tom would. I'm sure these brothers would. There's nothing more glorious than preaching to people that have never heard the message because it's not common to them yet. And the things that they're hearing are glorious. And they're excited about them. And, and, and that the Holy Spirit just moves in behind the ministry of the Word. And the supernatural takes place. The sick are healed. The dead are raised. These are all things that are taking place. Demon-possessed people are delivered. God's power is moving in an area. You know, the devil doesn't want this message to get out, but it's getting out. I'm sure that he's against it. Doesn't matter the venue. These are... This looks like one of the churches that we've built there. We'll come back to that. Another one. There's some places where they worship just under tarpaulins, but they're, they're still rejoicing, excuse me, in the light of the hour. Another group in another kind of a church, just kind of uh, uh, boards on the sides. You can see right through the walls. I've preached in these kind of churches, even without such a nice, this looks like a tin roof. It's a nice roof. Here's another church. I think this is the church that we repaired the roof on. You see they're still under COVID restrictions here. This is just the, all these pictures are from this year. These are people worshiping, very rudimentary pews. Let's go back to that. Not padded pews, but they love the message. They're rugged people. They love the Lord just as much as you do, maybe even more. And, and they just are enthralled with what God has done for them. Ministers branch out from Brother Stevens team and Brother Fred's team, and they go out into these other areas and are, are preaching to these people, uh, sowing in them the seed of the hour. 
I think that's a, that's a duplicate there. But then it comes down to ministers. These are just ministers now. Every other week, I think, in Brother Fred's church and once a month at Brother Stevens, they have ministers' meetings to be able to discuss issues, as Brother Branham said in the message, look away to Jesus, I think it is, and uh, how that you know, ministers ought to gather together and discuss the questions. And so he's not saying form a Bible school, but he is saying there is a reason for ministers to gather together. And so they're, they're gathering together, they're hearing instruction in the Word, they're asking questions. You can see them here writing down notes busily and looking through their Bibles as they're being taught. And you know, these are things that they've never heard before. This is over in, in uh, Mayugi. Brother Stephen is preaching here. Um, I'm sorry, I don't think this is Mayugi. I think this is in Caliro and uh, Brother Hannington's church. And so they're having a minister's meeting here. They also have them in Mayugi at different times. They have them in other places at other times, also in Ginger, where Brother Stephen's the pastor. And so these are all gatherings of ministers, hundreds of ministers. When I go there, Lord willing, in a couple of weeks, I'll be speaking to ministers that I've never spoke to before, that have embraced this message, and there will be hundreds in the meeting since last time I was there. Were you at the minister's meeting? And you weren't there. So it was to just, uh, it's overwhelming for me. I don't count myself as being a great convention speaker, but it's overwhelming to me to be able to minister and I just look to the Lord and say, Lord, help me say the right thing that will inspire these men for the calling that you have given them. Because this message is more powerful than anybody has yet to realize. I don't think we realize how powerful this message is. I say that honestly. I don't think you realize how powerful this message is. What all is contained within the scope of this message. And I think if we realized it fully, I think we'll go home. I think that's what we're looking for. Great things take place. Of course, meetings lead to baptisms. This is Brother Hannington on the left, gathered with a bunch of ministers, I think. There's others getting ready for baptism. Waters of baptism, many baptisms taking place. Large groups of people, even though there's lots of water in Uganda, it's not everywhere. So sometimes they, in the remote areas, they have to truck them down to where the water is deep enough to be baptized in. Long lines of people waiting to be baptized. Praise be to God. Again, these are all this year. And these are just the pictures I can show you. This is a, a pastor of a large church being baptized. Not a very glamorous place, but he's willing to embrace the light that God has given him and walk in the light of the message of the hour. That's Brother Don there behind him baptizing him. Brother Don works very closely with Brother Fred. Here's another group heading to baptism. You see Brother Fred on the front, that's his son, Brother Moses, beside him. You see brothers behind him, nicely dressed. Those are all ministers. 
Those are all people following along there, whole church coming into the message of the hour. Brother Fred, on the latest podcast, which will go out, I think, next week, you'll hear him describe another church that has just come into the light of the hour and how they just baptized 350 people. Praise be to God. I don't know. It never gets common to me. So I don't care if it's one or a hundred or five hundred or a thousand. You know, if they had the means, if they had the means, we support them every month with help, with expenses to get these people to the waters of baptism, to hire these trucks, to get out and preach to the people. These, are, these ministers are poor people. <laughs> I, I think I told this story before, but someone told me, said, Brother Tim, do you know Brother Fred pays people to read the message? I said, really? I said, I know Brother Fred. Brother Fred doesn't have any money unless I give it to him. And then he gives me all the receipts back of where he's spending the money. I said, but this is what I said. Maybe I've said it here before, but I said, if you can tell me how to pay people to read the message, I'll pay them to read the message. It was just one of those accusations from somebody that didn't know what they were talking about. But you know what? We don't care. God's saving souls. No, they're not paying people to read the message, all right? (laughs) Heading to waters of baptism. Glory be to Jesus. Lots of people lined up to be baptized. Look at where that lineup goes, right back into the bush there, heading on back. and It goes into other places too. These are prisoners getting ready to be baptized. This is Brother Brother Albert on the left, and he has a prison ministry, and God is blessing him, and he's winning lots of converts. You know, the Bible says it'll go into prisons. Jesus said, when you visited me in prison, amen, when did we visit you in prison? As much as you've done unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Amen. So now, here we see a lot of prisoners being baptized in prison. They let them, I guess, out of prison to go down to the waters to be baptized. Uh, Work crews and different things. Praise be to God. It's reaching everywhere in in Uganda and in different places around the world. Here's a prisoner himself. He's just rejoicing. Can you see the glory of the Lord on him? Amen. It's It's wonderful to see. Even in a still picture, you can see God's moved in this man's life. More baptisms. Oh my, we could just keep going on baptisms. More and more and more and more. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people being baptized. We thank God for each and every one of them. I'll just give you a little bit of a short video clip here just to give you a little flavor. There's probably some sound there. You could turn it on if you have it. Amen. That's Africa. Simple. Out in the bush, but every soul is precious to God. Here you see a great rejoicing. This is another gathering that, that 
uh, was gathered because the event was that another sorcerer or witch doctor had come into the message, a young man that had, uh, Brother Fred tells me, he'd heard about the meeting last month, he approached one of the pastors, the young man confessed that he was trained in sorcery, but ever since spirits are tormenting him, we prayed for him, and yesterday he came back to surrender the witchcrafts, as you see. So here they are setting them in a pile to be burned. Praise be to God. Amen. These are glorious things that God is doing over there. Yes, the dead have been raised. Yes, the sick have been healed. Yes, miracles have taken place. But the greatest miracle is a life transformed by the Word of God. So all of those people coming into the message bring about needs. And needs such as building of churches. This is a field that's being cleared to build a church. You can see the lines are being laid out there for the structure. The structures are very simple. We don't build churches as a focus, but there are brothers and sisters that have stepped forward with a burden to help these congregations who have been kicked out of their buildings that they previously supported with their own funds. Now they're left destitute, many of them worshiping under trees, worshiping in the open air. Maybe if they're fortunate, they've managed to get a tarpaulin and be able to cover themselves from the sun or the rain, which can happen quite quickly. And, uh, and so here they we're able, believers have stepped forward with a burden to help these people and to build these very rudimentary church structures to be able to worship in something that's a little bit solid. And so uh, I'm just going to let them play through. So far... So far in 2022, we've built 29 churches this year. In total, we've built 58 churches since the beginning, and we've assisted others with repairs, tarpaulins, that sort of thing. And so what God is doing over there, we're very thankful, and as I said, we just rely on the Lord to lay it on people's hearts to help as much as God has burdened them to help. So these people are ecstatic. I go over there. Last time I went over there, after Brother Michael left, Brother Fred took me around to a lot of the churches that had been built, the structures. Every place I went, doesn't matter what day it was, didn't matter what time it was, there was always people waiting there to worship God and say thank you. They wanted me to preach at every church. You know, you visit seven, eight churches in a day and you're traveling over the roughest of roads and they want you to stop and give them a sermon and have a service and all those kind of things. It's just impossible to do. But they're just so joyful. Many of them, one place they wanted to give me some bananas as a gift. It wasn't in payment for the church. They were just showing their appreciation. Another place they wanted to give me a goat. I think I showed that years ago. Another place they, they wanted to give me something else. You know, it's, it's not about accepting the people's appreciation. We're just going there on the basis that we have to show our due diligence to follow up on the funds that have been spent to make sure that they have been spent in the right way in the right place. And so we, we do this not because we love to do it. If I had my 
my rathers, I'd, I'd rather not be out into these remote areas going on these very, very rough roads under very rough conditions, hot and all of that, in order to just fulfill the actual, I'll just say, legal requirements of what we do in missions in Canada. But in order that the work of God would go forward unhindered, we do these things. And we visit these places. And the people are overjoyed to think that somebody from North America, somebody in the world cares for them. It also tells them that what the brothers there are preaching to them, that this is a worldwide movement, is indeed true. There are other believers all around the world, and there are. And what we've shown you today is just a few uh, of the areas that we're working in, and by no means is it exhaustive of what's happening in the message around the world. These are just the areas that we're focused in right now. And, and I hope it did uh, uh, justice to what we're doing. But let me just say a couple things about church building. One of the things that we've discovered, and I mentioned it before, is that many of these places, they won't let the people occupy the churches unless they get a latrine. It wasn't something that we factored into the equation in the beginning as we were building these structures. Originally, they started out to be $3,000, $3,500, maybe a little bit more depending on the price of land and the inflation now and all those kind of things were probably... And when I say dollars, it's U.S. dollars, not Canadian dollars, unfortunately. It's U.S. dollars. And so, uh, you know, now we... We probably need about $5,000, but every latrine is about $1,500 because as you can see here, it has to be built to certain, um, what do they call it, specifications, uh, code, uh, sanitation specifications. That's the word I'm looking for. And so they've got to build it a certain way. So some of these buildings, I asked Brother, uh, uh, Brother James Katumba yesterday who runs the building project for us, I said, how many churches right now cannot occupy because they don't have latrines. I realize we need latrines for all of them eventually, but how many now are locked out of their churches because the local council won't let them go in without a latrine? He said 15. So although we've built these churches, there's in some areas, and sometimes you don't know until you build it, uh, that they require under the local bylaws that, sorry, you have to have a sanitary facility in order to occupy a building of this size. And so, so we're, we're right now currently needing 15 latrines urgently. In total, we need 30 latrines. By the time we're done uh, building the churches that we want to build, uh, Lord willing, funds willing, uh, there's going to be 45 altogether that are going to be needed. So you just pray for them and you... Uganda, we're, we're needing $22,000 right away to build the trains, uh, and eventually we're going to need $45,000. The churches come in at about $5,000 each. Outreach, we, we sponsor them to the tune of about $5,000 a month to reach out into these areas. Gasoline there is more expensive than gasoline here. And so the vehicles, they take vehicles and that sort of thing. It's, it's expensive to operate there. Musicians can come, by the way. We're wrapping this up. And so, uh, you know, these are all things that are needed. We print in the local area. $4,000 a month is what it takes to run that printing operation. And uh, also, we're going to need some more uh, church-age books next year, I can see. Guaranteed. Probably some more Hebrew books. 
and we're going to need some funds for that as well. Will you pray for these things? Most translations that we do are not supported by us. Most translations that happen are um, sponsored by other churches or done by translators for free. I met Brother Anton from Lithuania in the men's meetings. Do you know Brother Anton? And uh, he's... Uh, Wonderful brother, done the Lithuanian translation, has worked recent years on the translating of Brother Branham's biography. But when I, told, when I talked to him and, he, and I shared with the brothers about how that the translators are enabling the bride to be clothed in the wedding garment of the word for their country. He had never heard it that way before. And I could see that he was moved almost to tears because he was a laborer that had determined my place in life is to translate into my language. And God bless him for that. There was a brother in Uganda in the Karamajong language, Brother Lapuli. And he, we have his story up on the on the web, you've maybe read it, so you already know the story. He was moved. His name is James Lapuli, if I say it right. He was moved by the Holy Spirit to translate the church age book. Had a great burden for the people in his language to get the message into their hands, especially the church age book. And so even before he he came down to, they came down to speak with us about working with them. He had started on the church age book, but he was a man that had tuberculosis. He'd been in the hospital a couple times. They had managed to slow it down, but they could never stop it. He, he has 10 children. I've told this story before, but I want to just reiterate it. He was a man that was anointed of the Lord to be a laborer in God's vineyard. He labored to finish that church age book. Finally, this past summer, he finished the church age book. I think at the end of July. Two weeks later, he died from tuberculosis. His life's mission was accomplished. He was a father. He had a brother that was very close to him. You can read about it in the article that's on the internet. He was someone that was willing to forsake all to serve the Lord in the place that he was called to serve. I want to ask you a question this morning. Two words. Are you? He was. Are you willing to serve God? No matter what it costs you. Let's stand together. Are you willing?
I'm not asking for a public show. Amazing grace shall always be. But I wonder if you're willing. Let's just bow our heads together. God bless Brother James who gave his life. for his people. You know, it's not easy for a minister's family. To understand why their daddy give so much of his time studying praying serving but he does sometimes I can imagine these brothers brother Darren brother Kovas brother Michael brother Murphy's a real laborer There's times when they would love to go somewhere, do something with their family. But duty calls. But I wonder this morning, this day, as we look to the Lord, Sometimes in North America, we have it quite easy. I'm sorry, I'm just going to continue this thought for a moment while your head is bowed. We have it quite easy. We love our $6 Starbucks. We love our luxuries of life. We all do. We love our easy access to hamburgers and cheeseburgers and Chinese food and Vietnamese food, Indian food, whatever your flavor is. We love to be able to go into the grocery store, buy whatever we want. We love to buy new clothes. We love to have everything that we want to have. I have a good friend. Uganda. He pastors a church, probably three, four, five hundred people. One of the more recent pictures I have of him, he's not even wearing socks. Don't let the message become common to you. Don't let the power of God's revealed word slip you by and you just carried along with the ease of Laodicean life here in North America you go to God and ask God what would you have me to do Lord I've heard a presentation today that might, might not even be contained in that presentation what God wants you to do 
personally, I appreciate each and every one of you. This is a missions-minded church. This is a great outlet for God to use to spread His message around the world. And I'm thankful for each and every one of you. But don't let ever, don't ever let your luxury and your life become common to you. Because one thing that God has done by opening His Word to you, the opening of the seven seals, the revealing of the seven seals calls the eleventh hour workers to receive their wages. What's our wages? It's not the money we make in this world. It's what will be gathered on the other side. And we thank God for that. Heavenly Father, Lord, I've unburdened my heart. I can't say anymore. I realize, Father, that I'm responsible for what I know to share it with your children. I pray that you take my words today and put them together, Lord, the way you want them put together in the minds of the people and cause them to see the bigger picture, Lord. Something more than just the little or big trial that they're going through right now for the molding of their character. But allow them to see, oh God, that they're a part of what you're doing and you're a part of their life. Oh Lord, we, we just want to commit ourselves to you afresh this morning, oh God. We realize, Lord, that you have called us. You have placed us positionally. We're thankful to be a part of this church. We're thankful, Lord, for our pastor who's had a great missions vision. We're thankful, Lord, for every minister, for every member of the local body. But Lord, I pray you'd give us wisdom and you'd give us a furtherance of the vision that we might do that which was pleasing in your sight, O God, to labor in areas though unseen by others. Yet, Lord, may we take this message forth under this great commission and cause it to affect every predestinated seed that you have predestinated to eternal life. We give ourselves to you this morning afresh. We take this mission service, Lord, that you might inspire us and lift us up into the heavenlies and recognize, oh God, that through us you are changing you are changing sons and daughters of God into the image that you have seen in your mind for them. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for Ethiopia, what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for Uganda. Thank you, Lord, for Angola. Thank you, Lord, for China, which we didn't mention this morning. It's hard to mention it because of the, the, the publicity of it, Lord. It's, but, Lord, you know every need that's out there. You know the work that's going forth, even in South America, Lord, in some of the other countries, oh God. May you just continue to move in a mighty way and help us, Lord, to catch your inspiration that we might be in the right channel for what needs to happen in this hour. We give ourselves to you in these last few moments that is left in this 11th hour, and we ask your blessing upon 
each and every one, that you will inspire each one. Maybe they just want to give themselves afresh to you this morning and say, Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you want to use me for, I'm just yours, oh God. We commit it to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amazing grace. somewhere here. He's in the back there. Can someone else take your place? That song, I'm giving my life away. I wonder if you would. Come and lead us in that song. That song leads a lot to me. gave her life for her family. She sang that song. She was a great woman. On her tombstone is written, of whom this world was not worthy. I want that to be my testimony. When I go home, It's a testimony of many believers down through the ages. The world was not worthy of their lives. But whatever my life is, I want to give it to Him. Can you say amen to that tonight? How many would raise their hand and say, Lord, that's my testimony. I want to give it to you, Lord, however you want to use me. Whatever you want to do with me. Brother, Tom's like, Brother Tom likes to say missions is everything. Everything is missions. Really, because you could say that's true. 
be a missionary where you are. Be a missionary to your children. Be a missionary to your family. Be a missionary to your neighborhood. But let's give our lives to him. Let's give them away today. Let's sing this as a prayer today. I've seen a vision harsh and sweet Of one who gave all he had for me I've seen the passion of his death And the forgiveness of his final
some of the laborers that work around me, oh God. Count myself to be a very poor example. Lord, have mercy. I want to give you more. I want to be more for you. I'll be ready for you to use me in whatever way, little way that that might be, Lord. I believe I'm not alone this morning, Lord. I just believe these brothers and sisters whom you've quickened by your word recognize their calling as an 11th hour laborer Lord may you take this service this morning may it be something useful in your hands Lord I offer it unto you that you might be pleased with it Father somehow in some way may it further your kingdom give all into your hands now we can do nothing Lord in ourselves but Lord you're the one that lives through us that accomplishes these things so Lord lead us in the days ahead I know Lord that every work you want done you will supply the means with which to do it be with your children bless them oh God as we go our way today Father, forgive me for my extreme emotion this morning. Just feel very moved in my heart. But Lord, I pray that you'll bless your children with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Rejoicing in the things that you have done. Rejoicing for every soul. Rejoicing for every labor. Being happy, Lord, that you have blessed them to be a part of these things. So, Lord, we commit all into your hands now. We ask your blessing upon this service as we go our way. In the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. I'm glad to be associated with you. Thank you for giving to missions. If I would convey anything from all of the brethren and sisters overseas, 
they would say, tell those people in Cloverdale, we love you. And they do. They're so grateful. Don't you love the Lord Jesus? God bless you. Service is dismissed in Jesus' name.